The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Plank Show. Let's go to work, brother! It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. We're celebrating the legacy, the life of Billy Tubbs today, and what a way to kick off our final hour. We are joined by one of the greatest Sooners, period, Stacy freaking King. What's going on, Stacy King? How are you on this Friday, man? Good morning, boys. So good to talk to you, man. Hey, uh, first and foremost, yeah, hey, fill us in. How's, uh, how's, how's broadcasting treating you? How are things in Stacy King's world? Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm living the dream, man. This is year 18, being a Chicago Bulls broadcaster. I got a I got a top notch uh, podcast here in in the city, and uh, I'm selling hot sauce, so I can't complain. <laughs> I I know that you're with the Bulls, but I I got to ask because you know we're we're over a decade now with the Thunder being here in Oklahoma City. What have you made of the NBA and OKC? And uh, is there any part of you that's surprised as to how successful it's been having a pro franchise here? Uh, one, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, Billy Tubbs, and we're since we're honoring Billy Tubbs, Coach yeah. Tubbs, you know, Billy Tubbs, we had a pro team in Oklahoma. People just didn't know about it. Um, we kind of started that trend. You know, it used to be a football state. It was always Sooner football. But Billy came in, kicked the door in, and said, hey, now basketball's here now, and we can have a top-notch basketball team too. And and I think that set the blueprint for the NBA to bring a, to bring a franchise there and it started with you know uh, the New Orleans team when it, you know when they had the floods, and they saw all the support that you know the uh, Oklahoma people came out to see them, you know, and it showed that they could have an NBA team. So it was just a matter of time, and then you know give the uh, front office and the owner uh, for Oklahoma City a lot of credit for being able to go purchase Seattle, and then you know basically get out of that deal and come to Oklahoma, and they've been running with it ever since. This is one of the best franchises. In, in in the NBA, and um, you know, not only are they playing good, um, you know, Sam Presti is probably one of the the best, if not the best, uh, front office people in the NBA. Stacy, let's talk about your coach. Um, it's it's been a long time coming to really be able to sit back and wax nostalgically about all that you guys did. And you said it, those crowds, what was that energy like? Uh, people camping out, everywhere you went, it was crazy. What was that energy around the program like? Well, well Coach Tubbs made us all, made us all rock stars. You know, um, <laughs> we, you know his, first of all, you know, he's the band leader. You know, he's the guy out there in the front, you know, and, and people hated him. They loved to hate him. They always wanted to see him lose because he talked a lot of trash. And he backed it up with us. And we, you know, a lot of people say, you know, well, he put a lot of pressure on the basketball players. No, hell no, he didn't do that. We loved it. <laughs> you know, we, you know, most of us come from backgrounds where we talk trash, street ball, where we want to, you know, we're, we want to rub it in your face when we embarrass you. And I remember when Coach Tubbs recruited me out of Lawton, Oklahoma, you know, he told me, he said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're going to burn up some people. We're going to really, really embarrass some people. You want to be part of this. And we're going to run and gun. 
and this is a place for a big man. You want to you want to get up a lot of shots, you come to Oklahoma. And that was the one coach that said that. And I was like, you know what? I'm coming to Oklahoma. Not to mention he sent a limousine to come pick me up one day at lunch. Him and him and Coach Mims and and uh, Coach Kerwin and uh, you know uh, Coach Anderson. They they came to Lawton High School lunchtime in a in a big white limousine. And he you know he did one. Oklahoma was like my third choice. They weren't really my number one choice. I was going to University of Maryland, and then he came in like Deion Sanders with that with that limousine and picked me up. And uh, it had my name on the front of the limousine. It's probably an NCAA violation, but there's statute of limitations now. They can't do nothing. And plus, you got NIL, so I don't even want to hear that crap. So they pick me up. They come pick me up. We get in the limousine. They, they shuttle me off to Norman. They picked me up in a white one. And they brought me home in a crimson one. That's how, that's how sweet that was. And I, I told my mom, I'm, I'm not going to Maryland. I'm going to Oklahoma. I would have to imagine. Well, first of all, that's awesome. Secondly, I would have to imagine for your family – to know that you were going to stay close to home, Stacy, that had to be pretty awesome. And from what I've I've come to to learn, not just today, but over the the years of living here in Norman, Billy Tubbs, kind of like Coach Switzer, he had a way with the parents. He had a way in which not only did his, did his brand sell Stacy King and, and great players like yourself, but it seemed like he really connected with the family too. Yeah, at first it's a funny story because he didn't connect with my mom, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know he didn't connect with my family. My my parents absolutely hated Coach Tubbs. Uh, they thought he was. I remember when he came in the home visit, you know, and uh, they felt that he was very brash, very you know, he just you know he he was just a, he was Billy, you know, he just he told you how it was. There was no sugarcoating it, and and they didn't like that. You know, they wanted to be more wined and dined and. You know, a lot of coaches came in. You know, we had Larry Brown from Kansas come in. We had, I mean, we had all big-name coaches come in, and they were all, you know, they wanted to eat my mom's fried chicken. You know, they were talking about, you know, they wanted to eat dinner with the family. Coach Tubbs wasn't about eating dinner with the family. Coach Tubbs was about, hey, listen, this is what I got to offer you in Oklahoma. This is what we're going to do. You want to be part of it? It's going to be special, and we'd love to have you. And then my mom just didn't. They rubbed my mom the wrong way. And she said, I can't stand that little man. I'm not. You're not going to Oklahoma. You're not going. And we, we fought long and hard about it. I mean, um, you know, I think the biggest mistake I ever made was taking my mom on a recruiting trip to Maryland. And uh, she got wined and dined by the, the moms from yeah. the players. And, but I came back from Maryland. Even though, I, even though I liked Maryland, I came back saying, I'm going to Oklahoma. And, um, and I man, it caused almost a family feud. It was like the Hatfields and McCoys. You know, it was one side saying no, the other side saying you do it, do what's best for you. But my parents almost threatened me not to come to National Signing Day. And I remember calling Coach Tubbs, and they were at home, and there was like the last week of recruiting. And um, I called him. I said, Coach, this is Stacey King from Lawton High. Uh, I, I, I want to know, I want you guys to know I'm coming to Oklahoma if you got a scholarship for me. And you could hear everybody in the background. I don't know if I was on speaker, but everybody on the background is just yelling and screaming. And uh, that I was coming. And uh, he said, I don't know, we got a scholarship, but we're going to find one. So I was like, okay, cool. So that's how he ended up in Oklahoma. Did he ever win your mom over? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did. Probably about my, about my sophomore year, uh, you know, and my mom, the mom, my mom didn't really get the big picture. You know, the right. big picture for me, I wanted to stay close for my family and friends to be able to see me in Oklahoma. Plus, you know, I, I used to come up to Norman uh, uh, when I was in high school. And uh, this is probably another NCAA violation, but you know what? It's statute limitations. Statute limitations. I used to stay. I used to stay with. I used to stay with Will uh, with William and, and Wayman uh, in their apartment up there, and uh, they always let me come up and stay on the weekend. They take me out and just hanging around Wayman, and I knew Wayman since I was like probably a, a sophomore in high school. So he, we've always been close. 
uh, just hanging around him for those weekends and William and seeing how fun it was in college and how big Wayman was. People don't know how big Wayman was unless you played with him. Wayman was huge on that campus. I mean, he would drive his car and honk the horn. I remember we pulled up in front of Kate Center, and he honked the horn, and I'm like, all these girls come running out. I'm like, I got to come here. I got to come here. I'm like, this dude's honking horns, and like 100 girls come out. I got to come here. This is, this is unbelievable. And just his, just his star power, but how humble he was. Like, he was a down-to-earth. All the superstars I met, I mean, I met Lynn Bias on my recruiting trip. I mean, I met, I met Magic Johnson. When I went out to UCLA, I mean, I've met all these these really big-time people, but of all the people I ever met, he was the most humble superstar, all of them. And, and I remember him telling me, I knew before anybody else other than his family that he was leaving going pro. And I remember him telling me, he's like, hey, you know, all this stuff I'm doing here, see all this stuff I got, da-da-da, if you want that, you come here. You know, and I was like, he's, I'm leaving, and the spot's going to be open. You probably get to play right as a freshman if you're good enough, but you got to be good enough. And you got to work. And I was like, you ain't got to tell me twice after what I saw. Man, that's amazing. So I, I heard that sometimes those pickup games that you guys had at Huffman were as serious as the games. What were those like? Oh, man, there were some serious <laughs> battles. I mean, listen, our practice was hard. Right. You know, so – and I was, a, I was a basketball junkie. So I would leave Coach Tubbs practice. I don't know how I would do it. But I would leave Coach Tubbs practice and still have energy to play at the Huffman for two hours. So I'd be I'd be playing probably four or five hours a day open. And I'd be going up against, you know, going against world class basketball players with Coach Tubbs, my teammates, and then coming back playing with some of the football players that some of them could play. Like Key Jackson was a very good player, you know, and me and him played against each other in AAU when he was in Arkansas. And he was a very good a good player, but he couldn't he could I remember he tried to come out and play with us and try to walk on. And uh, he realized that he, his best job was probably tight end. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't do that running though, because Coach Tubbs. Listen, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one thing about Coach Tubbs. Uh, you had to be in shape playing on them Sooner basketball teams. I mean, Coach Tubbs. The preseason workouts that we did. Um, I tell you what, we used to run on that track, the OU track, and we'd run miles and sprints and three times a week. And then he implemented. He was one of the first coaches to implement. Um, Yoga, like we had, like we were doing, we were doing not yoga, but it was right. more on the lines of these hit programs, these these aerobics, the high tense aerobics, and uh, we we used to do these high high tense aerobics twice a week, and we all like, like, what are we doing this for? What are we doing this for? <laughs> but man, and we, you know, we had, you know, we had a lady named Sherry Saban who was really, you know, she was our, our instructor, was really good. All of us were laughing, like, oh, what are we doing here? This is some girl stuff. But I tell you what, we were one of the best in-shape teams. That's one of the reasons why Coach Subs, if you ever look at those teams, that, that championship uh, year that we went to the, the, the finals, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of missed games. And he played like a six- or seven-man rotation. And when you're only playing six guys, you've got to be in shape. What was I, I, the coolest thing for me throughout this day, Stacey, and remembering Billy has been, A, the, the stories about practice, but, B, knowing that you guys didn't mess around in the non-con. I mean, you and the Big Eight was tough enough. How well did that prepare you? How fun was that to know that, all right, th- there might be a few games where you're going to play and, and not a squad that's up to your level, but you're going to play the, the, the LSUs. You're going to play the – Pitt was a very good team at that time that you guys played. Uh, UNLVs. How, how, how important was that? How fun was that for you? Well, it was a lot of fun because that was one of his, his recruiting – uh, you know, boys, when he came to your house, he said, hey, look, 
here's one thing we're going to do. We're going to go to Hawaii every year, and we may go to Alaska. I don't depend on how the weather is. We may go to Alaska. I know we're scheduled to go to Alaska this year, but I'm a, I am ai can not tell you how if I like it or not because I haven't been. But if it's cold, we ain't going back there. But I will promise you this. We will be going to Hawaii every year. And you know what? We went to Hawaii every year that I was at school. And that was that was one of the selling points. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, of course, of course, we was on the McDonald's budget. We couldn't afford, you know, anything. So we had to stretch out, you know, stretch out our per diem. But since he took us there, he, you know, he gave us a chance to play in places that, you know, exposed us to people. I'm, I'm, I'm even – I'm known more, even though I played for the Bulls and, and won championships, you know, people know me on that end. But I have a lot of college fans that, man, I can go anywhere. And they go, man, you, you guys should have won that national championship. Man, your coach was funny, crazy. And, you know, I still remember one of the funniest things when they asked me, you know, what's the funniest story? And it's the, it's the game, we, you know, we played Missouri when he grabbed the microphone. Where I think we were getting our butts kicked by about 15, 18 points. And, and we had just came back from playing UNLV and beating them. And then so we were kind of exhausted, you know, because I think we had like the Maui Classic, then we went to UNLV, and then we came home to play Missouri. So we were kind of exhausted, and it was on Big Monday, and, uh, and Missouri was kicking our butts. They were, really, they were really putting on us. And the crowd started throwing things because the referees – once again, I don't like to blame the referees, but in high time, if you're out there listening, I'm holding you responsible for a couple things. So, so, so I think Ed Hightower, you know, got in there and, and got into Billy's uh, ears and said, hey, look, you need to go and talk to your crowd or I'm going to give you a technical every time they throw something on the floor. And Billy said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, I want you to go out there and, I want you to go out there and calm the crowd down because this is getting ready to get out of hand. Well, Ed, I, I don't know what you expect me to do. I mean, what, you, what, you want me to grab the microphone? Yeah, grab the microphone and tell them to stop. Coach Tubbs goes, okay, I'll do the best I can, but I doubt if I can, I doubt if I can make a stop. And then he said, well, you guys will get texts every time they throw something. So, so he got up there, and everybody knows the famous, you know, no matter how terrible the officiating is, please don't throw anything on the floor. And me and Mookie, I swear to God, we were so angry at him because we were already down double digits. And now they get to shoot all these technicals, and now we're down like by 20. And there's no way, we, we're thinking there's no way we're going to come back and beat this team down 20. And sure enough, boy, we came in at halftime. He gave us a little speech. We came out there and opened a can of whoop ass on him. <laughs> Blew him out. That was great. Hey, uh, Stacy, do you have time for one more? I know you're busy, man. Yeah, uh, I got okay. plenty of time. Whatever, man. Whatever. Okay, then I'm gonna sneak to it. First of all, when, when did you know? Let's let's go back to the runner-up, the '87 '88 season. When did you know? that this team had the chance to be special? I mean, was it from a practice with, with Harvey and, and, and Ricky and Mookie? Like, when was that moment where you're like, damn, we're really good? Well, I, I knew I knew probably during the preseason, you know, mm-hmm. when we get back to school and we start playing pickup games. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, first of all, like, you know, I, I knew, you know, what, what Harvey could do. I didn't really know what Mookie could do because mm-hmm. he was just coming. And I, then I got a chance to see Mookie and Ricky, you know, play together. And I'm like, wow, we got some really good guards. And then – I think, you know, when you go back and look at it, I think they had us picked in the Big Eight, like, almost dead last. You know, because, right. we, you know, you lose, you lose great players. You know, True Kennedy, you know, you lose, you know, Tim McAllister, David Johnson. Those three guys, you know, were, were big-time players for the program, and they, they took a team to an Elite Eight with Wayman. And so you lose that kind of firepower, and you don't know what you got coming in. All you know you got coming back is two starters, and then you got to, you know, replace three so now Dave Seeger moves into a lineup. No one knows anything about Dave other than, you know, he probably averaged about six points a game and he can shoot a little bit. So no one really knew about him. And then, you know, you got, you know, Mookie Blaylock said, okay, this kid's a junior college All-American. You know, maybe he'll be like, you know, what Ricky was for the team the year before. So 
he comes in a little fanfare. And then you got me. It's like, okay, what is, you know, we don't know enough about Stacey. He's had some great games here and there, but you know, I don't think he's going to be better than David Johnson. So you had that element. So you had a lot of surprise, I think, for the national media. And I remember me and Tony Martin, and we went into Coach Tubbs' office, and we saw those rankings. And me and Tony Martin uh, went into Coach's office, and we, you know, we told him, we said, hey, we got you. Don't worry about it. We're going to be better than what people think. And I said, uh, we're going to win us a national championship this year. And, and you know, Coach Tubbs said, you're yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you know he, was, he, wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to discourage us. But, you know, he was, he was confident. He was a confident dude, man. And, and um, you know, um, and we came in that year, man, we got on a roll. And, I mean, I think we only lost five games that year. And a couple of games we probably shouldn't lost. We shouldn't lost to damn Kansas. I'm still mad about that. I'd give up one of my NBA rings for that, for that championship in a hurry. Stacy, what do we need to do to get Billy in the Hall of Fame? Isn't that the most egregious it's, thing it, in all of this? You know what? There's a couple of things I want to argue about. That's one of them. You know, that's what he should be. Now, there's a lot. There's a lot of coaches in this game that have not done what he's done. He's he revolutionized the game. You look at the records that that he's had with all the teams that he's had, the players that he's put in the NBA. His overall records won over 600 games. He's won at every program that he's been at. He's not. He's not been. You know, uh, had a losing record. You know, percentage-wise, any place he's been, uh, he, he changed the game and made it more up tempo. The game that we were playing, you know, in the in the late '80s, in the early '80s, late '80s, '90s, was NBA-style basketball. We're putting up 100 points a game. When do you see college teams put up 100 points? If they put up 100 points in a game, you know, now nowadays, and with the three-point line. Think about that. They got the three-point line. They're shooting more threes than we ever, you know, when most teams ever did back in those days. And Oklahoma program, we were putting up 114 points a game and probably not taking as many threes. So, you know, the game, he revolutionized the game, and he's one of the big reasons why the Oklahoma City Thunder are in Oklahoma City because of what he did at Oklahoma, taking a football school and turning it into a basketball school. And he's just as important to, you know, Oklahoma and in the game of basketball, as, as Coach K is with Duke, you know, yeah. Coach Dean Smith in North Carolina, you know, all these big-time coaches that are in the Hall of Fame for what they did for their programs, he should be in, in, the, in the Hall of Fame for his, his, uh, his contributions to this game. And then also, I'll, I'll be glad, and I, I'm going to continue to say this, Oklahoma, I love OU. OU I, I bleed Sooners. I bleed Sooners. I, I'm Sooner all day, every day. They got to do right by him and put his name on the court at some point. That man is the the best coach, the greatest coach in Oklahoma ba- uh, basketball history. His name should be up there. I don't know if his banner's up there. Retire. Uh, something's got to be there to let p- people know that Lloyd Noble is 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 Billy Tubbs' house and Pat Tubbs too, and putting Pat Tubbs on there too because I tell you what, if you can put up with Billy Tubbs all these years as a coach, <laughs> she deserves to have her name up there too. Shout out to Pat Tubbs. I love you, Miss Tubbs. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Stacy. Appreciate you finding time for us, man. You're the best. Hey, thanks for having me on. Anytime, boys. See you, bud. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to retire, Drake. I don't know if it's going to get much better than that. I, um, I've had a pretty good career. You know, I started doing radio in 97. I, I don't know if it's going to get much better than that or this over the last two hours and 22 minutes. <sighs> pretty cool, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was a- – <laughs> That was all sorts of fantastic. Every, everything. Every, everything about that. It, it, him saying what you asked, well, Billy Tubbs really had a way with parents. Well, not with not my with parents. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> Billy really liked to talk trash. and Yeah, everybody thought that it uh, put a lot of pressure on him, but we loved it. We talked trash, too. 
Uh, Billy Tubbs picked me up in a white limo, brought me oh, home in a crimson man. limo. Oh. I mean, let's go. Man, oh, man. Okay, we, we have one more guest, and he is probably a, a name that was synonymous with that 88 team, that 88 run, but we don't talk about him enough and, and everything that he was. That's, you heard uh, Stacey King mention him, David Seeger, who slid into that starting lineup in the 87-88 season. We'll talk to him coming up at the bottom of the hour. But we'll grab a break as we celebrate the life, the, 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 the man, the coach, and the personality of Billy Tubbs right here on Billy Tubbs Day on The Ref. This hour of The Plank Show is brought to you by Mop and Roofing. So I'm with the Sooner softball team here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, Drake, I was not aware of the casino, the amount of casinos here. It is, it's a lot. Whoa. Yeah, so Lake, Lake Charles, is that close to Shreveport at all? I, tell I, me, where, I, do you I'm, even here, have here, Can I just tell you what happened? Because this is Billy Tubbs Day, yeah. and quick segment here. David Seeger is going to join us at the yeah. bottom of the hour. We just had Stacy King on, and he was amazing. Then we're wrapping up with your text messages. I, on Apple Maps, I do I use Apple Maps, and whenever I was getting a little bit close to Houston, maybe 150, 200 miles out, it said uh, if a faster route. There's a faster route if you exit here. And so I took that exit. Drake, it was not a faster route. And I and whoever did this and put that put the, put that on me, Ricky Bobby, I was I was in the middle of back roads like I was driving in my neighborhood. I'm like, there is no way that this is faster at all. And – I, there were no, there was nothing. It was just desolate. So I couldn't tell you where I am or how I got here. I just know that it magically said turn right, and uh, I, I ended up here. So I, I, I think I'm two hours from Houston, two and a half hours from Houston. Uh, but I'm here, right? That's the positive sign. But it is raining, and it is, it has been a steady rain. Now, uh, it's a turf field, turf outfield, all dirt infield. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping they have it covered. <laughs> but we're slated to leave for the stadium at 1 o'clock. And so far for the 3 o'clock first pitch and for the 6 o'clock first pitch, nothing has been adjusted. It's not like a heavy rain. It's not like a torrential downpour. It's not like there's lightning or anything right now. It's just that nasty, messy rain. It's not. I mean, like, it's. I packed a bunch of winter gear for some reason. <laughs> I got jackets and gloves because they're like, oh, it's going to be nasty. But, I mean, you can wear shorts outside right now. So, I don't know if this is going to be a situation where, like, it's fine, play through it or not. But we'll find out coming up uh, at 1 o'clock. Why 1 o'clock? Because that's when the game before ours starts. So, if that starts on time, then I guess we'll play through it. And, Drake, I not to try to put you on the spot, do you have a, a 2.30 pregame for baseball on 1,400, right? That's correct. 2.30 okay. pregame, 3 o'clock first pitch. Uh, I guess I should say 3 o'clock-ish. You know how that goes. Uh, it'll be a few minutes after that, but that's the scheduled start time. Do, do they have a game before theirs? Uh, I would have to double-check on okay. that. I, I think that there might be a game going on right now okay. just based off – because Sunday, baseball starts at 10.30 against Nebraska, so – I would assume that maybe they have a 10 o'clock game today as well since there's, um, was there eight teams down there? Right. Uh, so, so so Toby is doing the game today. 
yeah. driving back for the Kansas. Or, you know what? There's only four teams down there. The, the, oh, okay. The, the, or maybe there's because Baylor is down there as well, and OU doesn't play Baylor. So I need to go look at the complete bracket. I'm just familiarizing myself with OU side of it to where they play Oregon, Tennessee, and Nebraska. So all right. So I've I've got good news for you. Okay. There are six teams down there. Uh, Tech, Baylor, OU, Nebraska, Tennessee, Oregon. Uh, by the way, one of my buddies I used to work with uh, called Oregon, Oregon, and I can't get it out of my head. Uh, so you Nebraska sure this wasn't uh, Theodore Lehman. It wasn't Teddy. Okay, uh, Teddy's got me saying Texas Christian. Okay, but Nebraska and Baylor are playing now, just underway, and then Oregon, OU at three. Just be Tennessee sure this time. weekend not to slip in a Louisiana. So no, uh, that's absolutely happening. <laughs> You know that's happening. All right, so there's there's a baseball update. Uh, Oklahoma, round 3 o'clock. Toby's going to be on there with a 2.30 pregame. We're monitoring the rain here uh, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Oklahoma and Central Arkansas still on for a 3 o'clock first pitch. But if I get any updates, I'll be sure to pass them on. In the meantime, we'll continue our tribute to Billy Tubbs as we celebrate Billy Tubbs Day in advance of tomorrow's Oklahoma-Kansas showdown. David Seeger joins us next right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Good tune, Drake. Uh, Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We are The Ref, and this is Billy Tubbs Day as we celebrate the life, legacy, and impact of Billy Tubbs. And we're joined by one of his sharpshooters. Dave Seeger joins us on the program. Dave, thanks for taking time to join us on this day. How's life treating you? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. No complaints at all. Okay, I I want to talk about a couple of things before we we, we dive into your memories of of Coach. I got it. When I said you were coming on with us, I got a text from someone who had a class with you and said that you scored 22 against Kansas in the national championship game, but big Monday game on the East Coast, back in class at 9 a.m. on Tuesday for a rigid body mechanics test. Can you confirm that you would not miss a test, you would not miss a class, Dave, even if it meant you had no sleep and just played probably 40 minutes of basketball? Yeah, uh, I, I can confirm. Um, they, I mean, I think there are some um, degrees that you can uh, pursue at a university where they would have a little bit more flexibility. Engineering is not one of them. So <laughs> how challenging was that for you? Yeah, how challenging was that for you? I mean, and again, not not dismissing the academic side of it for any of the other people that we've talked to, but you were you were an engineering major and. Uh, Obviously, you you had you had plans to go into that after your career uh, playing basketball. What was that like to keep your grades where you wanted them, and then also be as successful as you wanted to be on the court? Yeah, I, I would say that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, you really kind of had to burn the candle at both ends. Um, Can never be like the best in either pursuit. You just had to be willing to um, accept that. Um, you had an opportunity to do both, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun. We were talking to Stacey King, and he was laying out, uh, Dave, last segment about you. 
sliding in in 88 and, and what that was like. For you, can you kind of take us through when, when you took over in the starting lineup and, and, and obviously with Billy Tubbs leading the way, what was that moment like for you? And how did Coach, and the style helps too, but how, how did that kind of just make for a smooth transition for you? Uh, I mean, I, I think just thinking back to it, um, it was it was always a lot of fun, very competitive, you know, both in games um, prior, you know, in previous seasons when I had an opportunity to play, and also in practice. Um, and uh, it was just a lot of, you know, a lot of fun being able to compete. And uh, it's never, I don't think as a player you really necessarily think about, oh, I'm a starter, I'm not a starter. I certainly never did. Um, sort of my mindset was always I was just there to try to contribute, help the team win. And it didn't matter you know, how many points I scored as long as we won. That was the main thing. In that moment, Dave, as, as a, a college kid who, again, pursuing a, a master's degree, excellent basketball player, was there a moment where you just realized how much talent you were on the court with, including yourself? I mean, or was it? did it take a couple of years to look back and see – what you played with. I mean, did, did it magnify or did it kind of resonate in that moment what you were surrounded by? Yeah, I don't I don't think that – I certainly didn't think of it in those terms when I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always just trying to go against, um, you know, the best competition that we could play against and whether it be in practice or not. Um, I just really kind of um, got into that, um, you know, focused on that um, – um, part of it and didn't think in terms of like, oh, this particular person is, um, you know, quite skilled or could shoot or any, or any of that stuff. It was just really about going out there and doing what you could do, not really thinking about anything else um, and uh, having, you know, having fun. You, uh, at the time, and I think this is still the case, you're the only OU basketball player to ever earn three Big 12 championship rings in your career. Um, when you had decided that you were stepping away from basketball, not to not to like go to the end first here, Dave, but I'm curious, what was that conversation like with Coach Tubbs, and and how did he respond to it? What 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 did he think? In or did you even of, have to talk to him? In terms of like trying to balance academics with athletics, or, or no, I just. just I mean, whenever you decided, hey, I'm, I'm not going to continue to to play basketball post Oklahoma. I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue engineering. Was that something that you would talk to him about, or did you kind of know that you weren't going to pursue a professional career? Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we really ever had that conversation. I think they were um, open the entire time to whatever it is that you wanted to do, as long as you could. Um, check the box for what it is that you needed to do as a scholarship athlete to help contribute. Uh, and as long as you were eligible, I think there was quite a bit of flexibility. Uh, we, obviously, we had a lot of good players in the team. So, you know, me not um, being able to contribute a, a particular point production uh, was not something that was really, a, you know, a problem. I, I, I think typically when I had the, the, the games when I would, you know, make, seven or eight threes, uh, those games I would put, you know, leading up to those games, I would put in a little bit more, you know, practice on my own. And, you know, that was a tough thing for me in particular. Uh, it was like, a, you know, three-hour-a-day practice, pretty much seven days a week. And once practice was over, you kind of had to flip the switch 
get something to eat and then try to catch up to where everybody has gone in the classroom um, since, you know, earlier in that day. So it was always, you know, tough and you're always on the run, but no regrets at all. Uh, three straight appearances, too, might I add, on the Big 8 All-Academic team as well. Dave, a couple more and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, we, we've asked just for a favorite memory, and obviously with what you did in the championship game, seven threes, I think, what, three steals, finished with the 22 points as we talked about earlier. I know that wasn't the finish that you or Sooner fans wanted, so I'm, I'm sure that's up there as a major moment. But is there a moment with Coach Tubbs that just resonates and stands out with you that uh, you still think about to, to this day? I think that, um, and just keeping it PG, um, you know, he was always a very, very gritty, kind of tough as nails guy. And you would see that both when he was in the spotlight and, um, and, and away from it. And so it was, it was, at least for me, it was a good, a good and refreshing, um, thing to have somebody that you're, you're playing for that doesn't present himself one way and then something completely differently behind the scenes. And, um, I think as a player, you just really kind of uh, want to be in a situation where uh, you can play in an environment that's electric, and that's certainly something that he helped to create when he was, um, you know, during his tenure there. He was real. I mean, there wasn't anything about him that was fake. There wasn't an act. That's, I mean, is it fair to say? I mean, Dave, that Billy Tubbs was who you saw on the court. He was competitive, and it was. Uh, it was a competitive fire that kind of really helped build Oklahoma basketball to its greatest era and, and kind of the sustainability that it's had today. Yeah, it makes me smile even today just to think back. You know, I can almost still hear his voice just to kind of um, imagine, you know, what it was like to be in that situation. There were times when things would happen and everybody just kind of like looked, you know, turned to those thumbs <laughs> just to see what his reaction was going to be. And, you know, he, he rarely did he disappoint. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go on this for for you and and for the success that Oklahoma had. What was that style like to play in? What was it like when you knew we're getting shots up, we're gonna run? I mean, that had to be just an absolute blast as a basketball player. Yeah, I think it definitely suited um, you know my style in terms of. I think we really played um, my senior year. We the bench, you know, we wouldn't play, but maybe a couple of people off the bench, and so the starters are putting in big minutes, and um, which was never never a problem because everybody was in great shape. But there was one game I think we played ACC team in um, in the Hawaii tournament around Thanksgiving or or Christmas, and uh, I can vaguely remember at the beginning of the game. Um, it might have been Virginia or something like this, and they hadn't scored, and it was like almost 10 minutes into the game because we were just, you know, pressing them. And that this particular game, I think there was a headline afterwards that something to the effect that um, Virginia scores 90, loses by 50. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like that, that that's yeah. been one of the Dave. That's been one of the cool things today. Is yeah. Billy belongs in the Hall of Fame. And he gets knocked because all oh, these teams didn't play defense. Like you just said, I mean, you might score 90 points, but yet you're still getting beat by 50. I think that's one of the great misconceptions about OU basketball during that era, don't you? Yeah, I would agree. I think that we were just, I mean, very much up in your face and trying to push tempo. 
and, and whatnot during the games. And most people couldn't um, keep up with that. I think Kansas in the in the national championship game is one of the few ones that really kind of challenged us in that way that I don't remember happening um, at any other point during the season, which is why I think at halftime it was like 50 to 50, which, you know, that's obviously a, a fast-paced game. Um, for any college basketball game, let alone a national championship game. But there was a lot of familiarity between the two teams, and um, and I think both of us just enjoyed going head-to-head against each other. Dave, uh, you're brilliant. You're so smart, and uh, I really appreciate you finding time for us. A memorable performance in the championship game and great memories of Billy Tubbs. Thanks for coming on the show, and I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, we'll see you. It's David C. Uh, 44 was the number he wore. Big wingspan. Can knock down the three. When we come back, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line gets the Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts next right here on The Ref. Bleed Crimson? Love great Sooner Talk? Join The Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The Ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. Um... Thanks. Thanks to Bo Overton, David Little, Skeeter Henry, Stacey King, and Dave Seeger. Thanks to Tommy Tubbs for helping connect us with all of these great interviews. I um, my only regret is that I didn't get to talk to Tommy on the show today. I love that dude, and I I loved getting to know his dad. I like I said, you know, when Billy Tubbs was at Oklahoma. I was still back home in St. Louis, and Oklahoma was the team that you knew whenever they played Missouri, you are going to get a fun basketball game. And then when I came to Norman, I got to work some hoops games with Billy. And, and I guess I should back up, too. In my time covering Tulsa uh, and going to the University of Tulsa, Billy Tubbs had some squads at TCU, man. I've talked a lot about Lee Nalen. Uh, he had a he had a point guard, Prince Fowler, but it just his his legacy is one that needs to be celebrated. The university uh, and and Josie, who I, I'm just I'm assuming helped spearhead the effort to reconcile what was a tough end. Whenever Billy's like, hey, you know, I, I want to go somewhere. I I don't want to be playing second fiddle to, to to football, and they fixed that whole relationship, and he was celebrated, and he was doing Sooner Sports TV stuff, and now we're honoring his legacy. It's just – it's an awesome, awesome, awesome person, family. It's been a fun show today. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here on our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. Reno Goat writes, Billy Tubbs, Johnny Orr, Norm Stewart, Larry Brown. Must watch TV in the 80s, early 90s. Why didn't you put Danny Nee in there, Reno Goat? Allen writes, Danny Nee was the Nebraska coach that, bless his heart, just never could get over the hump. So awesome hearing these stories from the Billy Ball era. I had season tickets through that time, and it was a blast to remember all these great games. I have some recollection of a game against Virginia in the Chaminade Classic just before Christmas in the 87-88 season. UVA could hardly get the ball down the court to start the game. Seems like OU scored 20 points before Virginia got on the board. I think, Alan, it's funny, you sent that at 1130. I think that's what Dave Seeger was talking about. I think that's the game he's talking about. Where it was, what, uh, Virginia scores 90, still loses by 50. 
the 405. I was a freshman at OU in 1984, saw some great games in my day, including the Missouri and Kansas game Skeeter Henry spoke of. We've got to get the LNC. We got to the LNC when the door is open. Great times. Brazilian suitor. Glad you got Skeeter on to talk. Remember watching those Missouri battles when I was in college at Abilene with a buddy who hated him because he was a big Missouri Tiger fan. OU, Missouri, and Kansas had some great games. Oh, and great players, right? I mean, Drake, that was, I mean, a little bit before your time because you're younger, but I'm sure your dad could get on here and spin some stories oh, about those teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The first, so me as a basketball fan, I grew up in the right. Samson era, which, you know, polar opposite of what Billy Ball was. So I remember going to a basketball game with my dad as a kid in the golden age of that Samson era, right. around that 0203 kind of time period. And they had a trivia question up there. It was for that U.S. international game. How many points did OU score in that game? And they had, like, four options up there. I was like, oh, it had to be, like, they had 173. I was like, there's no way it was that. It had to be, like, 115 or whatever the option was. And my dad's like, no. It no. is 173. <laughs> and the the look of disbelief that I had whenever they flashed up on the screen and it was 173, like, it just wasn't <laughs> something that was fathomable to me, especially growing up within that Samson era to where it was pretty routine that you yeah. would only have somewhere between 40 and 65 points. And if you got over 70, it was a huge offensive output. So... My dad, still to this day, because both my older sister and I are March babies, he can say to this day, when my sister was born, that OU was uh, playing so-and-so in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So, yeah. It, the way that he always talks about Billy Ball, I mean, it's it's like him talking about Switzer with the wishbone and those right. great teams from the 70s and 80s. It's 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 such a great era of basketball, and like Stacy said, like you led him to the softball of what a shame it is that this guy is in, in the college basketball yeah, hall. Should of be fame. in the hall of fame. Uh, sooner, Andy, this is great. Lived through the Tubbs era at OU eighty-seven through ninety. It was truly something special. Had student season tickets for just twenty-five dollars on a student's budget. That was amazing, inexpensive entertainment. Student section was across from the benches on the sideline, not at the baseline. Seats were first come, first serve. Saw amazing games like UNLV, Arizona, Kansas State, Kansas, Missouri, Pitt, Loyola Marymount, and on and on. We will be there tomorrow, Sooner Nation. Let's show out for Billy and push Porter and the team to a big win against Kansas. As always, Boomer. What a great way to finish. Thank you, Drake. Steelman and Thune at noon. Continue our tribute to Billy Tubbs right here on The Ref. Have a great day, everybody. Sports radio icon Mike Steely and OU insiders Parker Thune. The Steelman and Thune at noon. Weekday afternoons from noon to 2 on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.